Alhamdulillah, we continue to read now from Riyadh al-Salihin of Sayyidina Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala. Inshallah, we're going to take maybe two weeks to read from another text. Just so as we go through certain ahadith, we will have like good assumptions of the Prophet It's a sufficient sign of the problem of the contemporary Muslim that they may read verses of the Quran or hadith of Sayyid al-Aqwan and think there's something wrong with the Quran or something with the pro- wrong with the Prophet It's a sign of an intellectual problem, a problem in rooted in understanding, al-fahm. That's why some people said about the verse, "Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana ifahmu Quran." Give us good, like in this life, means to understand the Quran. That's why Imam al-Shawkani, in his book Irshad al-Fuhul, in Usul al-Fiqh, he said, "Ta'arud," like. This kind of contradiction that you may find is not with the Qur'an. It's not with the Messenger of Allah. It's with you. It's with me, our inability to understand. So, how do we address that problem? We don't want to blame people. It's not people like blaming anybody. But there is a methodology that's not observed largely um, Especially in the United States where things are sort of chaotic. The way of learning Islam is kind of, you take a little bit from here, you take a little bit from here, you try to put it together. It can be difficult, it can be like a Rubik's Cube. You don't have like a duxi. You don't have like, a, like the American Muslim converts. Where's the duxi? We're the first convert community in the history of Islam that did not create its own madrasa system. The Americans and the Europeans. But we like to complain all the time. Immigrant masjid this, immigrants that. What did you do for yourself? And even that way of talking is un-Islamic. It's a pejorative. Every prophet, subhanAllah, they were, many of them were immigrants. So you're just reflecting a post-colonial hangover wrapped in white supremacy and mixed with the false American universal and then vomiting on your brothers and sisters the hatred that you have in your heart. I'm talking about the, my we who Allah guided. Show me the duksies we created. Show me the American Muslims who memorized the Quran who became Muslim. I can think of three. Those who mastered fiqh, mastered lugha, are writing books, producing, just complaining. So that's a, a major issue because that means that we're not learning. And then we have a young generation now who's learning from sources that are, of course, entertaining, 
They're exciting, but it's not really education. It's like entertainment. Or they're caught up in kind of like the talk show Islam, the fight between this person, that person, this person's attacking, this person, this person's attacking, that person. And subhanAllah, before you know it, you'll be like 60 and you'll feel like you wasted your life, man. Like, what do you have to show for your life except you know who is right and who is wrong? So one of the reasons that we're going to read from this book, maybe this week and next week, inshallah, is uh, to give us some foundations so, so we can have a proper understanding and love and honor for the prophets that Allah sent. To honor the Anbiya. This is actually the crux of everything because Zamanik bin Nabi talks about if like, you don't believe in prophets, how do you believe in wahi? How do you believe in revelation? If you don't believe in revelation, then like, everything begins to fall apart. So we're going to talk about what's called Ismatul Anbiya. Isma means to protect. In Islamic theology, Isma means Madaka Nafsaniya Tamna'u Sahibaha Min Al Fujur. It's a really nice definition. That Isma with Ain, Isma. It means that someone has the internal ability to stay away, which, which keeps them away from evil. Ibn al-Najjar, a great writer of one dictionary, said, Salbu al-Qudra ala al-Ma'asi. That it's the negation of the ability to do evil. In, in the context of prophets. In the context of the language, Isma, it's a name. You find some, some women, name is Ismat. In Iran, I know, Ismat. Right? Isma means hif, to protect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet in Surah Ma'idah after A'udhu Billahi Mashaitan Rajim, Wallahu ya'asimuka minan nas. Allah will protect you from people. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the linguistic meaning of Isma, Ain Saad Mim Ta Marbuta, is al hif, to protect. The theological definition, what we are concerned about now, is Malaka Nafsaniya Tamna'u Sahibaha Min Al Fujur is an internal strength that keeps someone from falling into sin. And I mentioned earlier Ibn Najjar and his nice commentary, his dictionary. He said, Salbu Al Qudrati Ala Al Ma'asi. The negation of the ability to do evil. So we're going to read from a book by one of the great imams of Ahl Sunnah, one of the great mujaddids of this deen, Al Imam Fakhruddin Al Razi. Rahimahullah. Maybe you heard some bad stuff about Imam Al Razi. I'm sure you heard some stuff about me. You know? Probably heard some bad stuff about yourself. How do you, and this is where sometimes the American Muslim community, especially for those of us who became Muslim, man, we, we end up wasting our life in this. We end up wasting our life in these arguments about who was right, who was wrong, who was right, who was wrong. And then we become so occupied in that that we can't make da'wah, we can't build community, we can't build madrasas, we can't scale Islam. 
as it should be treated. As we said, the American Muslim convert community and many of the Ameri uh, European Muslim communities are the first converts in history that do not have schools established for the Quran. If you go to Somali, what do you have? Duxi. If you go to Masr, what do you have? Katatib. If you go to Bosnia, they have a madrasa. Turkey, they have a madrasa. Pak every place where Islam went, those people embraced Islam and then scaled Islam. Because of the way the United States is, Americans embraced Islam and fought about what Islam is. And until that time, they, they're not, you're not able, if you're constantly playing defense, you can't, you can't, play, you can't run an offense. So I'm going to give you some advice as a dad advice. I have three daughters, mashallah. Hope there will be a means to go to Jannah, inshallah. No, I told them, no pressure. No pressure. But as an older convert, my advice is to avoid all that stuff, man. Just learn. I learned hadith from the Salafis in Egypt. You know, I learned language. Uh, from this guy, very unique person. I don't, I don't know what to say about his Islam. As well as Dr. Abdulaziz Fakhir. I learned Quran, Hafs, from one Sheikh, Wallahi, in uh, Hilwan. His house is green, he has a green turban, he's burning oud, and you know, Sheikh Ba'bula, his name is Ba'bula. I sat next to him and he starts going, Allah, 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 Allah. I said, man, I'm here for Quran, man. I know, what I, I know what's going on. I've never seen anything like this before. No disrespect to anyone. Now I know what that is. At that time, I had no idea. And he grabbed my hand. He said, Hasastu bil kahrubai. He said, like, he grabbed my hand. He said, I feel electricity. Come for I said, man, I'm scared. What? Electricity? <laughs> but I, I didn't care about all that. I cared about the Quran he had. I met a brother in, America, uh, in Egypt from America in a gym. And that brother, he told me something I will never forget. He said, man, because when I first went to the gym, he wouldn't talk to me. And then finally one day, I made it. I was like, assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. And he was like, wa alaikum, you know, the wa alaikum, this. I was like, man, you, like, you think I'm careful, bro? Wa alaikum, man. He's like, you know, ahlu bid'ah, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, man, what's my mama's name? He said, I don't know your mama's name. He said, how do you know who I am? You don't even know you don't know me like that. Like, how are you gonna just judge me? Then we built a relationship and we did acknowledge our differences, but like we we became, you know, cordial. We became Muslims. SubhanAllah. We we accepted Islam and then had to become Muslim again. What a waste of time, man. What a waste of time. A waste of energy. And then he said to me, Man, I'm gonna tell you my story. He was actually from this area, from the DMV. He said, When I embraced Al Islam, I went to study with one sheikh, how to read Quran, and as soon as I started studying with him, some of the brothers told me he was deviant and I shouldn't sit with him. This, of course, is in the 90s. You can already tell by the language. So I left that brother, and then I went to study with another guy, and they told me he was deviant. So I left him. Then I went with them to their teacher, and they said he was deviant. And then finally, I said, what should I do? They said, look at, look at how young, new Muslims get hurt, man. New Muslims get hurt because we want to learn. We're very, we're very, you know, kind of bari, you know, innocent. And they said, you have to go to Egypt. So he said, I saved my money. I took my wife and children all the way to Egypt, man. That's not an easy move. 
Well, life's not an easy move. Quit his job. I went to Egypt, went into one Arabic institute. And then the brothers told him, those people, they're not good. Don't go. So he left that institute and went to another institute. And they were all there for a while. And then they started to fight each other in that institute and that institute closed. So then he said, listen, man, just send me to the senior sheikh in Egypt that no one has problems with. So they sent him to another sheikh. And also he should have had some discernment. Let's be honest. I mean, after a while, bro, come on. It's like you're like 0 for 4 here. And, and then he, he went to that sheikh. And then in the Arab Spring, it was revealed that that sheikh worked for the Mukhabirat. He was the secret police. He was an agent. So that's when, I, that's when I started to build a relationship with him. And then he told me, until that, the time I became Muslim, till now. Thank you. Allah bless you, man. Siyatak. Until that time, I don't know how to read Quran. That's the lesson I want you to remember if you listen to this story. Don't, don't say, oh, those must have been Salafis. I didn't say they were Salafis. They could have been hardcore Sufis. Don't judge what I'm saying based on a group. Judge what I'm saying based on this individual's waste of his life, his money, his family, his time, his experience. And what did he have to show for it? Hanging out in the gym, drinking protein shakes. He was jacked, mashallah. He got ripped in Egypt, which is hard to do. But he told me, until this time, I don't know how to recite the Quran correctly. SubhanAllah, man, like eight years, nine years. So when we mentioned the Imam al-Razi, immediately people began to like say things about him. Uh, uh, this is my second piece of advice. Don't talk about the dead, man. The only thing for the dead is rahimuhumullah or just a sukut. Because it's, this is a long time ago. It's a long time ago. It's very difficult to know as you're going to see in a minute, definitively about a person. So the second piece of advice, especially in today's contemporary Muslim English-speaking culture, where it's like just a buffet of people attacking each other, man, stay away from that stuff, man. When I, when I, I remember I saw the Baqarah in two, two weeks. And you know why? Because I listened to my teacher. He told me, don't hang out with the people in the masjid. Well, the people in the masjid we're, is like young, because all they did was talk about everybody else. He was like, he was like, right? Like backbiting, distance the heart from khair. So stay away from that. Don't, make the, don't think you're learning Islam by watching videos of people going after one another. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. So Imam al-Razi rahimahullah, it's enough for us to mention that Sayyidina Imam al-Suyuti in his important poem, Imam al-Suyuti has a very important book called Tuhfatul Muhtadeen bil akhbari an al-Mujaddideen. Hadihi al-Qasida, arjuza, jameela, sahla. Imam al-Suyuti wrote a poem about all the revivers of Islam, al-Mujaddideen. Because the Prophet وسلم, he said in the hadith related by Imam Ibn Majah, this is a good hadith, sahih, yani, that the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send at the beginning of every century, man somebody that will revive Islam for the Muslims. 
will, will bring the Muslims back to the deen. And Imam As-Suti Rahimahullah says, وَسَادِسُ الْفَخْرُ الْإِمَامُ الْرَازِي He mentions like, he starts with Sayyidina Amr ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, then he goes to all the others, Al-Baqilani, Imam Ahmad, others, Sayyidina Imam Al-Ash'ari. He says, وَسَادِسُ الْفَخْرُ الْإِمَامُ الْرَازِي For Sayyidina Imam Suti, Al-Hafath, he said the sixth, because Imam Suti dies, in the 10th century, uh, Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi dies 505 after Hijri. So between them is like a considerable amount of time. But he mentions him as the sixth mujaddid of Islam. It's Imam Masyuti. That, that takes me to the, the, the third point. When you read something bad about somebody, oh, this person is bad or this Imam is bad. What, what you want to do is take all of the things people have said about them. Don't just rely on one statement that's negative or take tajma' al-aqwal wa tazinha and then weigh them so that you don't make dhulm on that, that dead person. Man, la tazlimuna wa la tazlamun. Also, Sayyidina Imam al-Ghamiri, Imam al-Ghamiri dies around Ash-Shafi, around 984 after Hijri. He says, قَدْ صَحَّ فِي الْأَخْبَارِ أَنَّ إِلَاهَنَا فِي أَوَّرِي فِي مِنْ كُلِّ قَرْنٍ بَاعِثُ He said, it is authentically narrated that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning of every century will send. مَنْ يُجَدِّدَ الدِّينَ الْقَوِيمَ وَقَدْ رَوَى he will send somebody that will revive the religion. In his poem also, Al-Ghamiri, he says, Rahimahullahu ta'ala wa al-Razi that the sixth is Imam al-Razi. It's very important, like you do research, man, and you understand that groups, sometimes they're partisan. Most of the time they're partisan. They're not, they're not fair with one another. And one of the greatest ways to discredit somebody was to say that they said things they never said. Imam Abdullah Wahab al-Sha'rani, he said, I was walking in the masjid of Sayyidina Imam al-Hussein in Al-Qahira. And he said, I met somebody, he had a book. This book, book was horrible, I forgot what, what it was titled. Horrible. And Abdullah Wahab al-Sha'rani said to him, who wrote that book? He said, he said one innovator, one deviant, bad person, misguided, da da da. You know, Abdul Wahab Sha'rani, he starts to get angry. What's his name? He said, Abdul Wahab Sha'rani. <laughs> his name. He said, What? He said, Yeah, the guy that wrote this, Zanadiq, Dallun Mudil, Ahlu Bida Wal Hawa, is Mu Abdul Wahab Sha'rani. Then he said, I start to get scared, man. <laughs> he said, I He said, Wallahi, he didn't write that book. He said, I said, I'm Abdul Wahab Sha'rani. Then he said, We went to the Azhar at that moment and we sat with the scholars in Al Azhar. And they, they said, He didn't write this book. So you have to be very, very careful. Because if the person that you're listening to is sloppy, you're going to slip. 
If the person that you listen to is not fair and just, you will be unjust. Wallahi, wallahi, be careful with this stuff. Because Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. And also Ibn Taymiyyah, a lot of people, they lied about him, a lot of stuff. He never said, he never did, wallahi. The Majmu'a Fatawa, he didn't write that book. The Majmu'a Fatawa, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah didn't write the book. That's called Majmu'a. Man jama'a? Majmu'a. Ismu alladhi lam yusamma fa'il. Huda ino fa'il. So the, even the reader is not thinking in Arabic. Majmu' al-Fatawi. If you think about it in Arabic, why Majmu'? Who's the jamah? Man yajma'ha? Fa'al-jawab wadih kawudu'i shamsin. It's like right in front of you. The title itself is a passive participle. The, you know, the gathering of the fatawa. Well, who's the gatherer? Sheikh al-Islam Imam Ibn Taymiyyah You're going to think oh, Ibn Taymiyyah. That's why if you read Al-Majmu'a Fatawa You know it's hard to read One minute he's talking about this Next minute this This, 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 this This, this, this is confused That happened in Cairo Ibn Taymiyyah didn't write that book They took from the writings of Ibn Taymiyyah And unfortunately as I heard from Sheikh Zuhair Shams who's from Bangladesh who has a number of volumes out now of critically edited work of Imam Ibn Taymiyyah. He's a specialist in Imam Ibn, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah had his own type of handwriting actually. Saab, who a Kurdi aslan yani fucking shit. So his style is different. I'll give you one example in Majmu'a Fatawa. The people said Imam Ibn Taymiyyah is the, the founder of Jihad and he started this jihadist movement and all these jihadist groups, they follow him. Why they say in the Majmu'a Fatawa there's a section called Ahkam al Kanais wal Qisis. It's a section called the rulings of churches and priests. And then you read it, it's like Qatilu, <laughs> I kill them, destroy them, wreck their. You, know, like, you read it, it's like, wow, man, this dude was not someone you want to invite to the interfaith, you know, interfaith <laughs> gathering, man. <laughs> He's not that guy, right? But then you go to the Mahtota, and I like to talk about the Mahtota a lot. Because asrar al-ummah fi makhtutatiha. Sometimes the secrets of this ummah are in our makhtut, handwritten books. You find there, in the, in, not in Majmu'a Fatawa, because there's no Majmu'a Fatawa in makhtuta. It's only his essays. That was brought together. And by the way, the first people to ever bring together Imam Ibn Taymiyyah's writings were in India. As-Sughra, then Al-Kubra, then a majmu'a fatawa. Rahimahullah. You go to the handwritten document, you know what it says if you speak Arabic? Ahkam ghin wa ghasakhik. It doesn't say ahkam al kanais, it says ahkam ghingis khan. That ain't a church. That's Genghis Khan. Wal ghasakhik, who's ghasakhik? The qabila that was with him. They, that person couldn't read the makhtuta. He wasn't trained. So when he translated it into Arabic again, he thought it said, Kana'is wa al-Qisis. But what did it say? Genghis Khan and what? His tribe. Does that not impact the meaning? To this day, it hasn't been fixed. Buy any copy of it. Hasn't been fixed. 
So did Imam Ibn Taymiyyah really found jihadist movements based on his fatwa? Same thing with Imam Ar-Razi, rahimahullah. Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions that Imam Ar-Razi wrote a book called Al-Sir Al-Maknoon Fi Khtab Al-Nujum or something like this. A book about stars and magic and astrology and you know, you can use the stars for all kind of stuff and all this garbage. And because of that we find oftentimes people who follow the school of Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, <coughs> at least the, 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 the wrongly rendered school of Imam Ibn Taymiyyah and Majmu'ah Fatawi, because if they're relying on that, that's not what he wrote. But subhanAllah, they say Imam Fakhruddin Ar-Razi should be discredited, he's a kafir, a'udhu billah. You'll find people say like he was, he was, uh, he led people astray, he was misguided, he was this, he was that, he was this, he was that. Be careful of this. Just like Imam Ibn Taymiyyah. I saw some of our Sufi brothers, they say, you know, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, he went on a minbar and then he walked up and down it and he said, Hakada, this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes up and down. Ibn Taymiyyah didn't say that. Wallahi, he didn't say that. Even though I have a lot of disagreements with Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah. But not, not to that level, not like a fanatical level, man. How do we know he didn't say that? Because it's in the history of Imam Ibn Battuta. Ibn Battuta, he didn't write that. That's just some story somebody made up and put his name on it, man. Just like we said, Ibn Sirin, he didn't write a book about dreams. But to this day, one of the most common, you go anywhere in the Muslim world, any bookstore, what do you find in the front? What? Tafsir, huh? Al-Ahlamli, Ibn Sirin. Well, like if, if, if Ibn Sirin's family is alive, they're going to get a lot of royalties. But Ibn Battuta, he didn't write that book. It's not authentic. He didn't say that. Same kind of stuff. Here. And this is where I want to encourage you to be careful, man, about being critical of people. Like, it's not really our place to be there. We're not, who are we compared to those, those stars in the sky, bro? We're just like pebbles on the ground, man. Just like be humble, just like be respectful for the ulama, even if I don't agree with them. Like I, I don't agree a lot with that, even Taymiyyah, but I respect him. I still respect him, he's a scholar. Rahimahullah, he died a horrible death because he was wronged by one person. But subhanAllah, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, he attributed this book to Ar-Razi, and then people began to make taqlid. This is a problem of, of a yuqallid. We don't need people to be, we need people to be muqallids in fiqh, for the most part. Because they don't have alat al ijtihad. But to be muqallids in criticizing and attacking people, no. Don't be a muqallid in that. Be, be careful. That's why sometimes a dhahabi says, in qala bihi. If such and such said it, then okay. If such and such said it, okay. Look at the care of a dhahabi. Uh, and for example, Lisan al-Mizan. Imam al-Suki, Tajdeen al-Suki, and Tabaqat al-Shafi'i. He says about Imam al-Razi, he didn't write that book. In fact, there's a difference of opinion if he even wrote it. 
after Atajdin al-Subki comes, huh? Imam Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, Rahimahullah, who dies 857 after Hijri, before Suti, before Suti's death. Imam Ibn Hajar, he says, I looked for this book everywhere that they attributed to Ar-Razi, and I didn't find it. Recently, I did research on this because it's like an important thing, man. I mean, it, it's not, if you read Ar-Razi, it's impossible to believe he would write that. Like anyone who's a student of Ar-Razi, we know Dr. Suhaib Saeed from Scotland and from Al-Azhar, he translated the first volume of uh, Tafsir al-Kabir. So you can contact him online. He interacts with people and ask him about this. I began to research. When I lived in, in Masr, I used to try to go to a place called Daru al-Kutub al-Masriya, which is the place where all the handwritten books are. Even though it was hard for me to read them, man, I would have to take pictures and ask teachers because you have to be trained. There's actually now a master's degree on how to read makhtutat. There's a PhD. One of my teachers from Libya, he was doing the mudawana of Malik al-Kubra, the makhtuta. So they had to teach him how to read that type of writing to do his research. So one of our brothers, uh, Ali, uh, I think his name is Ali Hijani, he wrote in a forum that I'm on, that he actually found the book. In Dara Kutub al-Masriya. So I found it. I opened it. And in the very front cover is Ar-Razi's words. Watch this. You know what Ar-Razi said? Ana bari. I am innocent of everything you are about to read in this book. The only reason I wrote it is, you know this sheikh, in the Shafi Madhab, is allowed to learn magic, to learn the evil of magicians? Ah, there you go. So does Ar-Razi have an asl in his action? Absolutely. Imagine how many people slandered him, man. You know that guy who wrote a book about magic, Imam David Blaine, dude. Like, how many people just went off on him? I saw this online, people saying things about him because of this book, that if they found the Mahtuta, and they saw what he wrote. What did he say in the very beginning, the front page? I am free of everything you're about to read. The only reason I wrote this book is so that the ulama can be aware of evil. That's why I said, man, imagine how many people, people may have slandered that are not here to defend themselves. If backbiting, if riba happens when the person's alive, what about the person who's dead in their grave? So the point is, and I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing this because this class is not just to read Riyadh Salihin. We're trying to lay down kind of a methodology for you to think. I'm not perfect. You don't have to buy everything I'm saying. But you can appreciate the care and concern. I saw recently numerous YouTube clips about me. I can say, wallahi, every single one of them is not true. Somebody said, respond. I said, I'm, I'm collecting hasanat, bro. I'm a FTX them cast good deeds, bro. Just give it to me. And also, how do you respond to something that's so ridiculously off? Like, how would Razi respond to this? Say, so you guys were saying this about me for centuries. You never took the chance to go read what I actually wrote in the front page. I put it there in the front page to protect myself. But Su'uvan... 
So then will get us caught up in bad things. That doesn't also mean Imam Razi is perfect, of course not. But why? Who's perfect? And that's why he was murdered. He was murdered, man. He was poisoned by Al Karamiya in Hirat, Afghanistan. He was where he's buried. So, inshallah, we're going to read from this text a little bit because we want to lay down some of the foundations in theology that will empower us to read hadith correctly. And that's why, in a classical system, in my, in my own students also, we teach aqidah first. Before tafsir, before hadith, because if somebody has the wrong understanding or wrong interpretive principles, it doesn't matter. That's why one poet, Al-Busayri, he said, if, you, if your eye is infected, don't blame the painter. If your tongue is infected, don't blame the chef. Yani if I have a mouth infection, no matter what you cook for me, it's going to taste bad to me. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about those disbelievers, illa about the Quran. The only thing they took from the Quran is what? Loss. So the problem isn't the dalil. The problem is how people understand the dalil. And the problem is, isn't the ulama or the scholars, may Allah bless them and preserve them and protect them. It's the problem is with the people that have always bad suspicions, man. So Imam al-Razi, he wrote this book, Ismatul Anbiya. And the only thing we're going to do is read the very beginning, because he talks about a number of proofs that show why the prophets have to be protected, his opinion from all sin, major and minor sin. Although the majority of Ahl-Sunnah, they said prophets can fall into minor sins out of forgetfulness. Sahwan. As mentioned by Imam uh, Al-Baydawi and Minhaj al So we're going to read it, and also you're going to see like the brilliance of Imam Razi and how smart he was. We're going to go through these proofs, insha'Allah. Hu ta'ala bi'inillah. And before we do that also, let's remind ourselves of the, um, the beliefs we have about the prophets. We have eight beliefs about the prophets that we have to know. We have to know about them. Ma'rifatul anbiya. They're mentioned by everybody, but there's a simple poem called Aqidz al-Awam of Sheikh Ahmed al-Marzuqi al-Maliki. He says, Arsala anbiya'a dhawi fatana bi sidqi wa tablighi wal amana. He said that the prophets, Allah sent them, Al-Anbiya. We know there's two ways to say it. Nabi'i, Qirat al-Madaniyin, yani. Al-Nabi'i, as you read it from Hassan Asim al-Kufiyin. Yani Imam Asim al-Kufiyin, not all. So we know there's two ways to say it. Nabi'un, Nabi'un. That's why Warsh and Qalun, we say what? Uh, you know, we say, We say, 
من انفسهم من انفسهم وازواجه امهاتهم فالنبي ذكرات سيدنا امام نافع المدني اما امام العاصم we're going to talk about the other qiraat because I want to confuse you. An-Nabiy awla bil-mu'minina min anfusihim. Qaluna warsh an-Nabiy awla bil-mu'minina min anfusihim. The word Nabi or Nabi is two opinions about its origin. One is from Naba because it means news. عَمَّ يَتَسَاءَلُونَ عَنِ النَّبَأِ نَبَأَ Same word. نَبَأَ The great news. نَبَأِ الْعَظِيمِ So the Prophet, the one you نَبِئُك The one who gives you like news. الْوَحِي The other opinion is from النَّبْوَى Which means honor. شَرَف Because whoever follows the Prophet, MashaAllah, is going to be honored. Inshallah. Yawma la yukhzi Allahu al-Nabiyya wal-lazina amanu ma'a. Basically, wash. On a day where Allah will not shame the Prophet and those with him. Subhanallah, to be honored is to be with the Messenger of Allah. Not to be with anyone else. Alayhi salatu wasalam. And if we find honor from anyone else, this means that there is like, you know, some issues in our iman. Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, he honored the Prophet so much that sometimes he put adab before itibat. His love of the Prophet sometimes he put it before following the Prophet. And the Prophet he didn't censor him. Why? Because what does Shawqi say? We don't want to make too much Arabic tonight, but Ahmad Shawqi in Nahj al-Burda, he says, Ya la'imi fil hawa, wal hawa'u qadru. You who blame me for loving Muhammad, but love is qadr. And I, I can't control. Allah qadra li hada. That's why he said, Jurha al-hibba' laysa li fi laysa li alami. To be hurt for the love of Muhammad, alayhi salam, He's not injury for me. Look at Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. Allahu When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told him, erase Rasulullah. What did he say? I can't do that. لَنَّ الْأَدَّبْ يُقَدِّمْ عَلَىٰ أَحْيَانًا غَالِبًا Because adab sometimes come before following things. Did the Prophet tell him, you have to follow me, Allah wa Rasuluh. Because he knows how much love he has for the Prophet. Now the opposite. Even things that we're not supposed to do, we'll erase Rasulullah and do those bad things. That's why we wonder like, what's going on with us. So to love the Messenger of Allah is to be honored. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ If you love Allah, then follow me. Allah will love you. So we're going to read 
through some of these points, insha'Allah. But first, what do we believe about the Prophets? Arsala anbiya dhawi fatana. The first belief we have to what's wajib, it's fard for us to believe about them, is that they're intelligent. And, and to deny the opposite. What's the opposite of intelligence? Jahl. So now, like, if I see all the problems of the modern world, and I say to myself, man, you know, if Muhammad was alive today, his sharia would change. You know, I don't think that the Prophet was equipped for this. Fatana. Be with the Messenger of Allah. Be sidqi. The second is they're truthful. They don't lie. They're, they're not liars about Allah. وَمَا يَنْتِقُوا عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَاحِيُ يُوحَىٰ وَالتَّبْلِيغ They didn't hide anything. Tabliq means that they بَلِّغْ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ Allah said to the Prophet, you have to communicate everything that was sent to you. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّغْتَ رِسَالَتَهُ هُنَاكَ قِرَاءَ شُعْبَانَ عَاصِمْ فَمَا بَلَّغْتَ رِسَالَاتِهِ It's actually beautiful. That, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O Messenger, you must convey everything that was sent to you. So we believe everything Allah commanded them to convey, Adam al-Kitman. They didn't hide anything. They didn't hide anything. And this qira'a is nice. You lose something in English. In English, in the, the Hafs translation, you know, if you don't do that, then you did not deliver Allah's message. But Shaba, you did not deliver all of the Prophet's messages. Because the Prophet is the embodiment of what? All of the Anbiya. Alayhi salatu salam. Wallahu ya'asimuka man al-nas. amana the last thing we believe about the Prophets is they're trustworthy. Adam al khiyana they're not munafiks. So these four things we believe about them, we affirm, and then by default we deny four things. First, mashallah, hyperintelligence, lack of ignorance about anything. Number two, that they were truthful. The opposite of that is that they were liars. Third, that they delivered the message. Sometimes you find some, some groups that say, you know, the Prophet he hid some information and he told it to our Shaykh. Like we can't believe that, that's dangerous. That's how you form cults. And then finally, the last one, what? Amana. The opposite of that is what? That they're monafics. We can think about as a Muslim community, those should be our goals in society. After, if we want to be in the office of prophethood, we should be intelligently informed about what we talk about. We just saw now how with Razi, one piece of paper changes everything, man. That he wrote, I, didn't, I, I collect this book to, to people to know. Not, I don't believe in it. If people read that one sentence, the entire situation changes. But people are sloppy with their akhirah. Like people are sloppy with their akhirah. So believe intelligence, opposite of that is ignorance. Honesty, opposite of that is lying. That they, everything Allah commanded, he didn't hide anything. Opposite of that is kitman, hiding things. Yaktumunama anzalla min al-bayinati wal-hula in the Quran. Allah warns us about this. 
And then finally, they're trustworthy. These should be the goals of us in society, man. These should be like individual goals. Am I, am I truthful? Am I honest? Am I someone who I, I share what can benefit? I don't hide it from my own game. Can people trust in me? Is there a manna? A man between me and people's security? The other beliefs we have about prophets quickly is we do not believe anyone can achieve prophethood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stafat, Allah chooses who he wants. That's why Imam Al-Laqani says, وَلَمْ تَكُنْ نَبُوَّةٌ مُكْتَسَبَةٌ In Jawharat Tawheed, Imam Al-Laqani says, وَلَمْ تَكُنْ نُبُوَّةٌ مُكْتَسَبَةٌ Nobody can achieve uh, Prophet Even if someone's like really, really super pious, like you know, a really good, very devout person, or aqaba also I think is the other wording. So he says in his poem, Sheikh Sahib Jawharat Tawheed Imam Laqani that nobody can achieve prophethood. Allahu ya'lam wa haythu yaj'alu risalata. Allah gives prophethood to who he wants. So that takes us to two important points. That prophethood is from Allah's wisdom and justice and blessing. Khalas. Then he says, That the, the prophets were aided with miracles as an honor to them. And Shaykh Al Laqani says, We should learn Jawaharat Tawheed. It's a good poem to learn in Aqeedah. وَأَيَّدُوا بِمُعْجِزَاتٍ تَكَرُّمَا وَعِسْمَةُ الْبَارِي لِكُلِّ حَتْمَا أي عِسْمَةُ الْبَارِي لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected all of them. Isma. So we understand it's from one of our beliefs. So the other belief after intelligence, you know, after being honest, after giving all of their everything they were commanded to teach, they taught. And then finally their integrity. The next is Isma. Ismatul Anbiya. Wa Ismatul Bari li Hatma. That takes us to the last belief that we have about the Prophets. Before we read a little bit from Ar-Razi, the next week we'll finish inshaAllah. And that is, we believe that Prophets are human. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ He's a, he's a man, but not like in his akhlaq and everything. Of course, he's the greatest man. Alayhi salatu wassalam. What are called al-a'rad, al-insaniyyah. Things that happen to people naturally. That's why uh, uh, Shaykh al-Marzuqi says, وَجَائِزُ فِي حَقِّهِمْ مَنْ عَرَضِي بِغَيْرِ النَّقْسٍ كَخَفِيفِ الْمَرَضِ 
He said, you know, like we, it's, it's permissible for us to believe that prophets can experience human things like sickness, happiness, angry. Maybe someone reads a hadith. Man, I can't believe the prophet got angry. That's because you didn't learn aqidah. You didn't learn aqidah. Then you picked up the hadith and you thought you can project your own piety on the Prophet. You can't shape the prophet in the way you want him to be. You have to be shaped by the prophet and who he is. That's very different. And the problem now of, 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 of especially the epistemological wars in America on the right and the left is they want to force everyone to interpret the world through their lenses, whether the right or left. So even with the Prophet wasallam, it's not fair. It's not correct. So maybe somebody hasn't studied. And so they read like, I read one day the Prophet got angry. I just can't believe he got angry, man. Stuff a lot, bro. Like, how could the Prophet be angry, man? You need to see stuff a lot for yourself. Like, don't, don't, again, don't project. Don't project, digest. Don't project, digest. So one of the foundations of, and, and the things I mentioned now, this is agreed with all groups in Aqidah, all groups. Sayyidina Shaykh al-Marzuqi says, it's possible that prophets will experience things like fear, sickness, happiness, sadness, all the things, hunger. When the Prophet's son Ibrahim died, he, he wept. Alayhi salatu salam. naqsin. This is the condition though. As long as those things do not call into suspect their roles as prophets. So can the prophet forget? Yeah, he forgot one time in salah, he forgot. But is he going to forget to the point that he forgot everything? Or he forgot so much, a'udhu billah, that people are like, I don't know, I don't know if this would be a prophet. You know, he's like, he forgets everything. La'a. So it's very important because these hadith that we're going to run into in the future, if we don't have these lenses, you're going to start asking a lot of questions, which is fine. But I think also, not only is it going to help you with me, but like if you study hadith with someone else, if you read hadith somewhere, you'll have now foundations. You'll have lenses. So we'll read a few of them and then we'll stop. Forgive me, it's been a long day. I have a new baby girl who, mashallah, loves to pray to Hajjud. After Isha till Fajr. MashaAllah, although my wife is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So the Sheikh, he says, I'm going to mention some proofs as to why logically and religiously we believe the prophets have isma. Why do we believe that, you know, Al-Anbiya, alayhim as-salatu salam Allah has protected them. And actually, I think there are 15 of them. Yeah. We're just going to read a few of them tonight. And then next time, inshallah, we'll go through them quickly. We'll just get started. The first, he says, if a sin was to come from them, then that sin should either be punished now or in the hereafter. Khalas. And in fact, for them, it would be greater than it would be for normal people. So like if they were to make these kind of mistakes, egregious mistakes and sins, 
then their punishment would be more than anyone else in this life and the next. He said, وَالْعِقَابُهُمْ أَجِلًا أَشَدُّ مِنْ حَارِعْصَاتِ الْأُمَّةِ وَهَذَا بَاطِرٌ So that means that they would be punished more than the sinners in their ummah. That's impossible to believe. That's impossible to believe. And then he mentions, of course, a number of verses. But one will mention, يَا نِسَاءَ النَّبِي لَسْتُنَّكَ أَحَدٍ مِّنَ النِّسَاءِ Allah said to the wives of the Prophet, you're not like normal women. Then what does it say later on about them? If you do evil, what will happen? Is their punishment more or less? More. If that's the case of the wives of the Prophet, then what about the Prophets if they did wrong? So Ar-Razi says like, هَذَا لَا يُمْكِنْ هَذَا لَا يُمْكِنْ It's impossible. Muhal. The second, he says, if sin were to come from the Anbiya, and this actually is a nice point. He said, we wouldn't accept their shahada. Is it allowed to accept the witness of a fasiq in Islam? A sinner, open sinner? Like if we saw someone astaghfirullah drinking, then they came and they said, Wallahi, I just saw the moon. Would we accept their shahada? So Ar-Razi says, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu. إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا فِي قِرَاءَةٍ فَتُثَبِّتُوا يَتَثَبُّتْ There's two qira'a here. First, فَتَبَيَّنُوا means to make sure it's clear. فَتُثَبِّتُوا to verify it. To... That's why even when we criticize people, الْبَيَانُ وَعَلَى مُدَّيْهِ الْبَيَانُ You want to criticize somebody, الْبَيَانُ Not الظن. Not a ra, not al bayan ala mudai. So here also in this verse, fatabayyanu, like you have to make sure, man. You gotta clarify this. If this kind of sinful person comes to you with information, make sure of it. He says, Ar Razi, if that's the case of people bearing witness in dunya, what about those who will bear witness in akhirah? And who are those who are going to bear witness in Al-Akhirah? Al-Anbiya. So I said, therefore it's impossible for us to believe that the Prophet ﷺ will commit any type of egregious violations which will render their witness invalid in this life and then they'll be able to bear witness when? In the next. See his logic. Rahimullah. That's why Allah Taala says, "وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَلَ لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ هَا عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا." Allah says, "We made you the balanced ummah, the best ummah, so you could be a witness against people, and the Prophet will be a witness against you." Allah make the Prophet for us in the hereafter. So Razi says, "Why would Allah say the Prophet is shahida?" If he's sinful, see sort of how his line of thinking is here. Rahimahullah. If sin, he said the third point, if sin had come from the Anbiya, a'udhu billah, 
zajruhum. Then somebody would have had to rebuke them around the Sahaba. Somebody would have had to say to them, say to him, alayhi salatu salam, what you're doing is wrong. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Sahaba to do what? To invite to the good and forbid the evil. So if they saw evil, what would they have done? They would have corrected it. But it's never reported, except for the khawarij, that anyone came to the Prophet So Sayyidina Imam al-Razi says, that's, that's the, actually one of the greatest evidence, the Sahaba, because the Prophet taught them what? Whoever from amongst you sees evil should what? Should change it. And if you can't change it with his or her hand, he should what? He should speak about it. Do you have, like, do you have any sections in the major canonical books of hadith where the prophets were corrected by their followers? So, Adam al-wajdan yufidu al-adam. It's a very important principle in logic that we use in Islam. That the absence of these kind of texts shows their absence. The absence of the, the object of the text. Meaning, the absence of there being any kind of historical text tradition related to when the Sahaba rebuked the, the Prophet So that means it what? It didn't happen. We have 40 hadith when they made him laugh. We have 40 hadith when the Prophet wept. We have 40 hadith when the Prophet walked to someone's home. We have, we have any 40 hadith traditions where a'udhu billah, the Sahaba rebuked the Prophet The absence of the existence of these things is used also as a proof. Everybody understand? And one thing you can appreciate Imam Razi is a thinker, man. Imam Razi is like, Imam Razi is not just like, yeah, okay, he's truthful, awesome, bye. Islam is so cool. Imam Razi is like, let's get into the octagon. Let's box. Because there's a reason why he wrote this book that we didn't talk about. It's a different discussion. But also he understands that the office of prophet is very important. It's crucial. It's essential. This is the last one we'll mention, and this actually is very, you're going to feel, you're going to feel very Razi when you hear this. You're going to see his style. And this is really the style of the majority of the scholars of usul and theology in the Sunni tradition, the style of writing, the way he writes it. He says something really nice. He says, If fisq, a'udhu billah, was to come from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa if like evil was to come from the Prophet's behavior, the Prophet did something evil. says <laughs> we're commanded to follow him. Are we commanded to follow the Prophet? So if the Prophet did evil, we would be what? Commanded to follow him. That would become what? Sunnah. Shuft. Razi is get you. But now he's gonna put you in the in the he's gonna he's gonna tap you out with the next point. He says, 
لَكُنَّ إِمَّا أَنَّ كُنَّ مَأْمُورِينَ بِالِقْتِضَاءِ بِهِ وَهَذَا لَا يَجُوزُ أَوْ لَا نَكُنُ مَأْمُورِينَ بِالِقْتِضَاءِ بِهِ He said either we're commanded to follow him or we're not commanded to follow him. If, if, you, if we say, أَعُوذِ بِاللَّهِ that the prophets did sin, عَلَيْهِ سَلَاتُ سَمْ أَعُوذِ بِاللَّهِ then either we're commanded to follow him in sin or commanded not to follow him. So what does that leave you with? You can't do either. Now he tapped you out. <laughs> he said, hey, 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 double negative, man. Pow, pow. Good night. He said, Inna imma anna kuna ma'murin ma'murin bil iqtida'ibi aw imma anna kuna ma'murin bi tarq iqtida'ibi. Fahadha la yumkin. Either we're commanded to follow him or we're being commanded not to follow him. So then what do you do? He says, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَتِعْضِعْنِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ If you love Allah, follow me. وَاللَّهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِهَا الْفَحْشَاءِ The Qur'an says Allah doesn't order sin. صلى الله عليه وسلم We'll make one more. Sorry to take your time today. If if disobedience came from the Prophet He said like if if haram, like evil disobedience came from the Prophet then they would be those that are threatened with hell. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran وَمَنْ يَعْسِي اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ يُدْخِلُهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُّهِينٌ Surah Nisa That whoever, and man here is, we talked about this a few weeks ago Man is one of the words to feed al-umum Whoever, whoever, anyone who disobeys Allah and his messenger Will enter hellfire Of course, without tawbah we talked about that before. خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ There's no way you can believe this is going to happen to the prophets. عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَاةُ السَّلَامُ Or he said, they will be cursed. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ أَلَا لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ We can keep reading. Is everybody okay? Everybody's okay on time. The sixth, أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَأْمُرُونَ بِالطَّاعَاتِ وَتَرْكِ الْمَعَاصِي That the prophets, they commanded good and it commanded us to stay away from sin. وَلَوْ تَرَكُوا طَاعَاتِ وَفَعَلُوا الْمَعَصِيَةَ لَدَخَلُوا تَحْتَ قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ That the prophets, they commanded obedience to Allah and they forbade disobedience to Allah. So if they left obedience and engaged in disobedience, then they would be eligible to fall under the verse, believers, why do you say what you don't do? It is hated to God that you say what you don't do. And also they would fall under the verse, أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ فَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Surah Al-Baqarah, that you call the people to good, but you forget it yourselves. And he says, like, there's no doubt, that is like the most disgusting characteristic of a person. 
في غاية القبح disgusting and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you know and over and over and over verses that illustrate that that's not their character alayhim salatu salam Inshallah, next week we can finish um, his proofs and then we'll pick up that hadith because, you know, usually when I teach that hadith, this is where people start to ask these kind of questions like, how could the Prophet say that God would forgive someone who killed 99 people? Just stay here. Just stay here, man. It's okay to think and ask these questions. It's okay. But like, not with a negative assumption of the Prophet, but with a good assumption. So that's why... One of our teachers said something so nice, man. And remember this, that the fruit of studying aqidah correctly is a good perception of Allah, a good perception of the prophets, and a good perception of the ummah. And husnul dhan billah, husnul dhan bi anbiya illah, so we covered actually a lot tonight, right? We talked about in the very beginning, like how we have to be very cautious of rooting our identity as Muslims in debates. There's a place for debates. There's a place for academic discussion. There's a, there's a methodology for that. There's a course that's taught, Adab al-Bath wal Manadara. I gave you one example now. Then I said, if we're going to read from Fakhruddin al-Razi, al-Imam, you're going to find people attack him and say things about him that aren't true. Wallahi subhanallah, Imam Abdul Wahab al-Sha'rani has a book called Al-Jawahir, or Al-Jawhara, I can't remember the name, where he goes to every single thing people said about even Arabi, the bad stuff. And he's like, he didn't say it, 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 he didn't say it. Ibn Aqil al-Hanbali. One time he was on a boat. He's a great scholar. But he differed. He was more close to the people of Kalam than the people of the Athar. But he was an imam in the school. He was on a boat and there were two guys talking. They said, Wallahi, if I see him, I'm going to kill him. Then he's a Qadi. So he's like, this is a murder. So his sense of justice kicks in. I have to, I have to stop this. And the guy said, yeah, that guy, Ibn Aqil, he's astray, he's evil, he's lost. Then he said, man, I'm going to step back. <laughs> they were talking about him. He said, well, I, what they were saying about me, they said if they saw me, they were going to throw me in the ocean. And what they said about me is not true. So I said, unfortunately, in the classic academic tradition of Islam, one of the best ways to take away a shining star was to create rumors about them or attribute even books to them that they never wrote. Like the book Al-Kaba'ir. Imam Al-Dahibi didn't write that book. He didn't write that. Even Serene's book of dreams. Somebody was dreaming when they wrote that joint. <laughs> he didn't write that. So he said, Al-Majmu' Al-Fatawi. Man jama'aha aslan. Where's the subject of the, object of, of the passive noun here? Who's the one who did it? It's not even Taymiyyah. 
The same thing we said with Imam Razi. And I gave you one example of how, how delicate this subject is. Imam Razi, even, even Taymiyyah made this mistake that he said he wrote a book about astrology and magic and this and this. And this, this became sort of, this is an unhealthy taqlid. Like if you're going to get mad at people making taqlid in fiqh, but you're making taqlid and destroying other people's personalities, there's something wrong with you. Because one is a major sin, one isn't. Taqlid of an imam, wajib. If I don't have alat al-ishtihad. But to do taqlid of destroying people and what people say about them without making sure is a bigger sin. So I gave you this example. Remember this moment. Especially you, man, you and me, same. Welcome to the Dean team. And that is Imam Ibn Hajr. He comes about six, 250 years after Ar-Razi. Three, no, three something almost. And he says, I couldn't find his book, man. He's the first person that was like, you know what, let me go and find a book. This book about stars and magic and astrology and shirk. Can't find it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I couldn't find it. And then after him come others. And then I said recently, I'm on a forum with a brother who has access to Dara Qutb al-Masriya. And he looked for the Makhtuta and subhanAllah, he found it. He found the handwritten work. I don't know, I don't think it's the handwriting of Razi, because he was in Afghanistan, Allahu Alam. But the person copied it, the scribe. And on the very first page, what does it say? I, Fakhruddin al Razi, am free from everything in this book. I only wrote this book so people can know about these evil shaitanic people. Imagine how much slander he suffered, man by people who couldn't even read a book of Razi. So that's why I said, be careful, man. Be, be careful with this. And do not get caught up in this TMZ culture. Learn. Be with your family. Spend your time with your parents. Spend your time with your wife. Spend your time with your children. Or learn. Help your neighbor. You don't have to watch back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. amal. Imam Madik said there are some people who argue so much they sound like a camel in heat. And he said, If Allah wants good for somebody, He opens up the door of ibadah and learning for them. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for someone evil, He closes the door of ibadah and opens the door of arguments. Doesn't mean there's not a place for arguments, but there's a way to argue. And we'll talk about that in the future chapters. If there's any questions, we can take them. If not, next week we'll finish reading from this first section of Ismat al-Anbiya, Sayyidina Imam Razi, and then we'll go back to the hadith of Imam Nawi. And then two weeks from now, I'm going to bring the ijazah, give to the regular people, alhamdulillah, to Bukhari, inshallah. Any questions? Yes, sir. I have a bunch of questions. Sure. Just start start with one. Start with one. Let, let's let's warm up. The, you know they gotta close the message. That's true. Okay. Okay. Um, so I wanted to know. So in the beginning we talked about the sifat that we react, right? Like the Wajib. Yeah. What we have to believe about them. What's the significance between truthful and trustworthy? Because I find that really truthful, true sidq in the, what they say, okay, and what they do, and the amana and how they act with people, like business, 
you know, in society, you can trust them. They're not gonna, like, if they're your neighbor, they're not going to hurt your family. If you're gone, they didn't say anything to you. But if you're gone, they're not going to hurt your house. Oh, yeah, man, I borrowed your Tesla. Left it at, you know, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Trigger alert. But, um... Anyone else have questions? Yes, sir. Yeah, so it depends on which method they follow in Aqidah. But they should start with one of the basic books, you know, like for us, the, the book I translated is for introduction, right? Al-Aqidah Al-Tawhidiyah, Shaykh Ahmad Al-Dardir. Then after that, we study Aqidah Al-Awam. And after Aqidah Al-Awam, we study Ida'at Al-Dujna, Fittiqari Ahli Sunnah, Shaykh Al-Makhari. And after that, we study Al-Jawhara. After Jawhara, Al-Tahawiyyah. It's, it's on the, in the way. Then after the Al-Maqasr of Taftazani and some other books. But like those books for the masses are good. Yeah, some of these books are on Swiss. Some of them are on Swiss. But they'll be up in the next. Like, and our five levels at Swiss, all those will be there. Like one level, two level, three level, four level, five level. If, if they're Hanbali, you know, they have like the Luma, I think, of Imam uh, Safarini. And you have the book of Luma Al-Itiqad, I think, of Al-Maqdisi. In the Maturidi school, I don't know. But like, I know they have like nice texts, mashallah. Yes, sir. Um, in the book that we looked up in Dara Kitab, Masriya. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the introduction by Sheikh Razi, do you think he was talking, he composed all those lies in the book based on hearsay, what he had known in his society at the time that they were saying about him, etc.? Or was he making some kind of fictional scenarios out of his mind? Mm. So in the Shafi Madhab, Sheikh can correct me as I recall, is allowed to learn about magic to protect people from it. As mentioned by Yannawi, or Sheikh Rafai. Fadda Sheikh. Yeah, yeah. Even, even to protect oneself? Yes, he says that. The Madhabi, yeah, yeah, got it. So I got it backwards. Thank you, Sheikh. So Imam Manawi says you shouldn't, but the majority of Sadat Shafi'i, they say you can. So you know, like that, like now, we want to know, like our kids are going to horoscopes, they're going to all this nonsense stuff, right? So it's important for people to know about it so we can expose it. So Arazi wrote this to expose this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of right on both fronts. It wasn't fiction, but he wrote it to say, hey, here's a societal issue. Like now, like nowadays, like gambling is a problem, even amongst Muslims. Everywhere you go, DraftKings, every time you watch a football game, or you're bombarded with it, right? So it's important for teachers and religious leaders to be contextually appropriate, right? And understand the situation and where we are and what's going on.
So he wrote it from that perspective. Actually, one of the interpretations of the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah about Harud, Oh, Marud, about my church of Shelf, you know, and I'm waiting to say, you know, the interpretation was that Allah sent these messengers, the malaika, to teach people about magic, to negate the magic, how to you unwind the magic. And then they would tell their students, whoever come to learn, that be careful. They warn them not to abuse it. But it was supposed to be like they were teaching them how to unwind the magic that was Or to be aware of this evil. As well as to be aware. Yeah. So, just to confirm you know, what you were saying about Yeah, it. yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's also two other very interesting opinions about this verse. It's going to happen soon in the hadith. Harut Marut is the names of the shayateen. Al-Badal ya'udu ila shayateen, mush ila al-malaika. Yeah, that's what a Qurtubi says. But like, it's interesting, right? Like, just, just like. And then others said they were actually two really righteous people. And they said, you know, they're so nice, they're like angels. But they're not really angels. So, like, this Malakain was like a laqab, like their nickname. You know, it's like interesting, right? But your opinion is the, what you shared, Sheikh, is the opinion, as I know, of the majority. Yeah, Barakalafiq. Thank you both for, for sharing. Anyone else have any thoughts? Yes. On which one? On on synopsis on what those are? Yeah, so there's three opinions, right? The strong opinion that Sheikh mentioned that these angels were sent to teach people as a test, you know, and to show them like this is this is the reality of this nonsense. Uh, so Harut and Marut, the two names go back to Marakain. Bibabila, Haruta wa Marut, the verse says, right? Imam Qurtubi said that's impossible because why the heck would angels be teaching anybody something that's sinful? And so Qurtubi, here Qurtubi is using aqidah, like his understanding of aqidah to interpret. Whether you agree with him or not, he has an asal, he has a position. So people shouldn't say like, oh, Qurtubi is deviant. No, no, he's taking it from, from the perspective that the malaika don't do sin. And so he said, therefore, my opinion is that Harut and Marut are the names of the Shayateen. Harut and Marut go back to Shayateen. The third opinion, and it's the weaker one, and it's sort of a stretch, like, let's stretch the text, <laughs> is that these two guys were so pious that people said about them, this is mentioned by Imam uh, uh, Bajori in his Hashia on Johar al-Tawheed, that um, these two guys are so pious because they're like angels. So Malakain doesn't mean like really Malakain, it means these two righteous men who learned and understood this and wanted to expose it, and so they exposed it. So you have three opinions. Qurtubi's opinion, he, 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 he boxes you in that. Like if you read what he has to say, he's like, look, this is impossible. You know, because these are angels. And so he he was a free thinker. You know, but he was a free thinker within certain parameters. Any other questions for we Barakallah Fiku? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, real quick, I wanted to ask you about the 
you see something wrong, Chief 